So is this Hello, one, two, three, four, five, six. So this the, the, this room bigger or smaller than you imagine? <laughs> it's actually the room is bigger than I imagine, but the distances are smaller. Yeah. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Bikes and Bourbon. I'm Russ from Pathless Pedal. I am Toffer from Pedal Missoula. And we have a special guest. Hey, I'm Don Welch from Welch's Oregon. Nice. And uh, our special guest today brought some fine uh, bourbon. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Well, this is Burnside Bourbon from Portland, Oregon, and I have not had it. It's, notice it's still sealed. Right. This, is, <laughs> this was a gift from my sister-in-law a couple Christmases ago, and I've been saving it for a special occasion. And when I realized that my wife and I were coming to Missoula on business, I said, I'm going to email Russ and say, hey, I've got a bottle for you. Right. Yeah. And you've, you've taken a good trip to get here. It's not a typical business trip. You fit in a little biking yeah, you in know, your traveling here. Being an at-home businessman and a stay-at-home dad, I try to get my little vacations in when I can. <laughs> and so we went to Spokane, where my wife's from. Yeah. And I started a trek from Spokane to here on my uh, Trek 920 gravel bike cool. and I fully loaded it, ready to camp. And when I saw the temperatures and stuff, I, <laughs> I hoteled like, it. Yep. Yep. I, I hoteled it as much yeah. as I could. Yeah. I actually ended up staying an extra day in Wallace, Idaho to check out all the museums and the yeah. sites there. That's a, it's a cool place, Wallace. It yeah. is. Yeah, I mean, well, let's uh, let's start opening this. Yeah, yeah, let's yeah, let's, this. we can. Let's yeah, let's. Yeah, Wallace can sell sell itself. Yeah, right. wa <laughs> Wallace, we'll, we're here for you, but we also are here for bourbon. Yeah, um, it's bourbon from Burnside, uh, Oregon oaked bourbon. Yeah, so finished so, off in the. So it's not their regular bourbon. Okay, so, uh, so it's a kind of a little bit of a special occasion. Nice. All right. Oops. Oh, oh, sorry. That's uh, a good little little drip. Sloppy It'll evaporate. My, sloppy with my pores. It's, uh, it's probably the bottle design. I'm excited. Yeah, this this looked like a good one. Right now, the nose kind of kind of got a straight and level nose to me. I don't. Yeah, it's, it's a little bit on the light side. It's nothing like super mm -mm. super strong. Um, no. Maybe slight caramel vanilla, mm -hmm. but nothing like nothing that really jumps out of the glass right now. I think the alcohol is like I always feel like whenever you first open a bottle, you can be like I feel like sometimes alcohol can just really. Jump out at you, and this is but for forty-six percent. It's like it's not, it's not yeah, kicking yeah. the nose. Because I was expecting that Vicks vapor rub. Right. <laughs> mm. The corn. Mm -hmm. It's kind of there, but like in a nice. I get a little mint too. Mm -hmm. For me, there was like a little mint up front. And I noticed the first swirl was almost a little bit of a full circle thing too. Yeah. You've, you got three or four different emotions there mm -hmm. before you get the finish. Yeah, I mean, this I'm would be a nice. This scotch is, guy, but I could drink this. This is better. Than, <laughs> no, honestly, this is better than I expected from like a from like a relatively new distiller. I right. Imagine. Yeah. Like, We've been talking about this kind of uh, off camera when we are trying different bourbons. That sometimes the newer, it's hard. It's a hard business model. Right. Because I mean, like the it's really gotta age. It's got to age. It's got to age, and like, yeah. what business can just let something sit? In a warehouse, yeah, yeah. Like that's for, like years. for years, for years, <laughs> and like not make money, and then like right. have something good. I mean, right. nobody ever opens a bottle of wine and say that was a good month, right? <laughs> well, thanks for for Cheers. bringing it. Cheers, yeah. yeah. <laughs> thanks for making the journey. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely an adventure. Yeah. Uh, so what's been the what's been the highlight of the the tour so far? Aside from this, I, I know this is going to be up there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when, when I was I was a couple weeks ago and I was watching the Tumbleweed edition, yeah. and I said, wow, all I got to do is take him a bottle of bourbon and get on the uh, show? Oh, yeah. No brainer. Yeah. No, it's... Uh, <laughs> yes, yes. Bottles of bourbon. I think what it is, is, is definitely for me, it's been the shakedown of the bike. Yeah. I, I did an initial from Welch's Overmount Hood uh, Lolo Pass mm -hmm. to the Dalles in one day. It's about 70 miles. I averaged 10 miles an hour. Right. Had about 4,500 feet of climbing. Huh? 
and mm. it was you know you know how the weather is in Hood River it can get you can be in the rainstorm and then snowstorm and welches and then all of a sudden you're in a heat wave right right so it was a little challenging but it yeah. was seven hours of on the bike time about eight and a half hours total with breaks yeah, yeah. So that's a nice that's a nice break in for a bike yeah that's a good, that's a good like <laughs> testing its limits it's, and it's, it. it's a Trek 1120 uh, Trek 920 920 okay yeah. and it's the third year of the production line for this variation of the 920, yeah. Trek's been using those numbers for years. Right. And uh, if you look at, if you look up 920 on the internet right now, you'll get a lot of the old 70s and 80s bikes yeah. that, huh. that are the full steel chromoly right. heavy bikes that weigh more than my bike does with all the gear on it. <laughs> <Right. laughs> it's interesting how like the heritage brands, the heritage, like the uh, Specialized Sequoia, is yeah. another kind of make and model that's that's made a big comeback. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. These. I mean, and that's the thing. Like a Trek or, you know, I mean, they have that. That uh, that heritage. I mean, they've been around now. It's like, uh, like the '90s seems <laughs> it seems the recent. 90s are back. <laughs> it seems recent, but yeah, things like in the from the late '80s and early '90s, you're like, oh, that's like a heritage brand now. Right. That's like vintage, <laughs> yeah. uh, a vintage bike now. Yeah, and it's vintage retro. <laughs> yeah, like and it's like you're like, oh wow, you have authority. You've been making bikes since the '90s. Right. Like, yeah. That feels like yesterday, but in fact, it's uh, 20 years ago. Yeah. Well, you know uh, the. Uh, so the Trek 920 is touted as the bike to bike around the world with. Mm -hmm. yeah. And when I, I actually found Pathless Pedal when I was doing research for my next gravel bike. Cool. Yeah. And when I found nice. that, I, I stumbled onto you guys and that really gave me a lot of information, especially for accessories and components during the reviews. Um, and then I just fell in love with, you know, bikes and bourbon. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's what, you know, I have to say, it's one of my favorite shows to produce, but also one of the most controversial. It's like people like either yep. can't get over the alcohol and like miss all the bike stuff, or I mean, it takes it takes people time to warm up to it, but I think when they yeah. do, they they do enjoy it. Yeah. So. <laughs> I know my, my ten year old was all glued to the Lacroix. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, that's we we have to do another alcohol free. I don't know what we should taste next. Well, there's a lot of Lacroix that we didn't. That's uh, true. There, there, we didn't we didn't delve into the whole the whole lineup that they offer. There's Maybe a lot. We can do Lacroix mixers. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, you know, a, a good you know, with, especially for replenishing electrolytes and everything. The new fad, the new craze is coconut water. Yeah, yeah. And oh, all the different flavors. That's true. Water. We could do a coconut. Chilled. Water. They've got cans. They've got bottles. Ooh. You could do like an electrolyte tasting test, like between scratch and tailwind and everything. Yeah, let us know. Dry week. Yeah, we'll, let's we'll, know. We'll, we'll schedule. It. We'll, <laughs> we'll put it on the on the schedule here. Uh, pocket yeah. some pocket some of this bourbon money for later. Right. Yeah. Fill the coffers up again. Yeah. Also, I wanted uh, someone left a comment. I forget who exactly, but he brought up the the point that we talk a lot about building bike community on the show. Oh yeah. And he yes. was kind of curious about like what other people think who watch the show. What are the things that a bike shop does to build bike community? Or you know, is it just having cool oh. space, having events, uh, interesting things to look at in the store so it draws people? So if you guys have suggestions of what you like to see in, in a bike or a community-oriented bike shop, list in the comments. Yeah, I think that there's definitely, I mean, like we're, a lot of this is going off of like our anecdotal experience. Like right. we <laughs> lived in these places and so these are the shops. Um, and I think that one of the things that I guess would make a great bike shop is that it is regional right um, and you're serving like like when I talk about angry catfish and I mean they're they're in Minneapolis QBP is right there mm -hmm. so they're doing a lot of salsa all city surly bikes I mean that's just like in the blood of Minneapolis right. um, but it's like yeah what makes a shop in different places um, I mean you see it here it's interesting I mean there's a lot more mountain bike focus right uh, yeah. which is like a new thing for me kind of seeing so many shops be focused towards 
that market and then they, they produce, uh, they sponsor events. And so it's kind of like a different way of engaging community. Right. So it kind of, yeah, it's a, not, not all things, shops do it the same. You yeah. know, the, one of the things that we saw, we, we have a new bike shop in Welch's and it immediately became the best bike shop in Welch's. <laughs> well, probably because it's the only bike shop. <laughs> right. and, uh, but what I saw when I helped my buddy George Wilson get that started is that the, um, the big thing is, is the push is now to towards e-bikes, mm -hmm. mm -hmm. electric assist downhill bikes, and, mm -hmm. and I, ca I call them the why bother bike. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it gives people more runs during the day because they can motor up the hill and right. redone it. It's yeah. enduro, <laughs> right? Yeah, well, you like, I mean, you, you do your own show run, right? You don't need it doesn't you don't, pollute. Yeah, you don't, you don't need a. There's a brand name enduro, but with like a capital E, so it's like electric, and, you know. <laughs> enduro. Yeah. Enduro. Ah, <laughs> new hashtag. <laughs> Right. <laughs> the e-dura bike. Oh, that's going to take off. <laughs> but, but to go back on the uh, the purpose for a bike shop in today's world and market, it depends on the locale, too. Like, you right. know, you, you and I both have lived in Portland. In Portland, it's just like microbeers. There's one stacked on top of another, and mm -hmm. that's the same with bike shops. Mm -hmm. um, so everybody's got their own little different, different niche. Um, we've worked with, through Portland United Peddlers, now it's the Northwest Trail Alliance, we've worked with shops like River City Bikes mm -hmm. for their racing teams. And we've also worked with uh, guys um, like Reach the Beach and all of the different rides to provide mm -hmm. maintenance support for yeah. those. And um, th that stuff is invaluable. Um, yeah. What you're doing with Pedal Missoula is probably something that I'm gonna take and adapt for George at Mount Hood Bicycle Shop. Yeah. Because we have That's a lot of retired seniors that have bikes and, and George's big bulk of his work right now is uh, maintenance. A lot yeah. of it. And I'm mm -hmm. seeing chromoly steel bikes that I wish I could had just to <laughs> retrofit, you know, or yeah. something. Bike industry has been focused on competitive stuff. And we talk a lot about this show about, uh, like we really, really like bikes and we really, really don't like to be competitive on right. them. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's... Well, it's, a, it's a barrier to entry. You yeah. Know, I think well, like, like everything's, you know, that racing sure. isn't necessarily everyone's, you know, most operandi. So right. to, to kind of just have things focused on that, I think can right. turn a lot of people off, right. you know. And I think it's sad in this day and age that we can spend two to $3,000 on an imported bike from China that is a one in a million stamp copy. Mm -hmm. And where we can go to our local bike builders and get custom bikes that are made just for you, mm -hmm. and you can outfit it the yeah. way you want. You heard that the Oregon Handmade Bike Show, right? Was was well, there it was like canceled, but and then, then and then they kind of came in, and they're doing like a frame builders for Velo Colt. I do remember yeah. so, and I I, I remember yeah. attending a couple of them uh, when we lived there, and they did. I did notice them get like progressively smaller yeah uh, like the first one i went to is like this big kind of festival and by the end of it it, it, it kind of dwindled and yeah. i'm not sure if that's well at least they tried yeah and, and yeah and, and that you're never you know a journey of a thousand steps starts with that first step right. and right. if they do that just to take that in initiative to do it they're going to build momentum on the next time you yeah know? yeah one yeah one uh, kind of future episode for plp talks i was thinking about was getting a alien yeah you know karate uh, film by bike uh, but she was also part of, you know, the shift group and part of the initial core group of bike funnists in Portland that helped start a bunch of events. Yeah. And talked to her from like a historical perspective of like, okay, what started all this bike fun, and what's happening now? Are people yeah. that got involved then, or are they just aging out or, or moving out of town, or like how how has bike fun changed over the years right. in, in Portland? Right. Well, you start to see. I mean, it's pretty amazing. Like, I mean, as somebody who's 
uh, not, I mean like you have breadwinner, you have like frame builders opening up coffee shops. Right. <laughs> which like, <laughs> kind of is like, it's like, how do you do that? I right. mean, and it's not even a coffee shop. I feel like they have like food and they have like yeah. a whole thing there. And I'm like, wow, like you're, I mean, I think most people would try to be like, okay, as a frame builder, how do I like, pay my rent and, yeah, and like and, and eat food every day. Well, and, I think like a couple of frame builders like vanilla, you know, breadwinner, you know, they went from like purely custom to semi-production because they wanted to yeah. scale it up so it would be yeah. like kind of a sustainable business. Right. You know, so. Well, that's how it used to, I mean, you hear stories, uh, I think uh, Soulcraft in, in Northern California started off, I think he like was a salsa like way back in well, we were talking about 100 years ago in the 90s. That uh, he was like a frame, you know, he did sure. like, he built stems, you I know, mean, he was like welding stems for right. salsa when right. they still were doing production. Oh, yeah. And yeah, it's been interesting to see like, um, you know, from the, I feel like the, the glut of individual frame builders, like what's, what brands have like stuck around and, and, right. and why they've stuck around, you know, because yeah. I, I don't think like the, the solo artisan model is like sustainable for a business. No. Like you have to kind of expand somehow. Right. Through sharing a passion and networking, people need to realize the power of synergy. And you see people that team up all the time and make mm -hmm. really great bike companies. Yeah. And sometimes you may be the person that's great at the art, great at the construction and the welding, but you need somebody that's good on the marketing side mm -hmm. and somebody that knows how to balance the books. You know, if not, so many people fail at business because they don't have the business sense to go ahead and take count, count of where yeah. the money is and pay the bills. I'm ready to get a little sure. bit of a refill yeah, here. Sure. This is, <laughs> this like, is this has this become, is like, this is like a really it's nice. Kind of scotchy. It is kind of scotchy and it's like, yeah, it has some. Maybe it's because I had scotch before this. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. People that are watching the show know that. By the way, I'm not driving. No. <laughs> I like the, I like this more the more that I drink it. I don't know if that's just alcohol, but it's. it's <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and I don't know what the price point on is this. I don't, yeah. It's not that expensive. I think it's yeah. between thirty and forty dollars. Right. Mm -hmm. And so it's, that's your typical. It seems yeah. like nowadays that's what you're going to pay. And for. this is what I would consider a craft bourbon. Mm -hmm. You know, it's mm -hmm. you don't get this everywhere, but small. You know, small I've been batch. in North Carolina. I found Bridgeport beer. Right. You know, yeah. it's just you look at the size and where people are at in their development. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's definitely. You know, if you if you guys so I can't take it back with me. Well, no. <laughs> you can take it back. I can, no, I can. I can get as much of that as I want. So you have a, you have an interesting background. You teach survival skills. Oh, used to. You used I'm, to. I'm pretty much retired now. I was in in aviation all my life. Uh, as a matter of fact, on YouTube, my name is Aviator6 mm -hmm. and uh, AV8R. <laughs> and uh, I put that because raised by fighter pilots was too long. Right. And, <laughs> but I went in the Air Force in 1982 and traveled the world for 20 years mm -hmm. and uh, pretty much taught the pilots and equipped them for survival. And then I transfer that over to civilian groups like church groups, scout mm -hmm. groups. Um, pilot so, association. So what skills or what mindset could you take from, from, from that practice to bike touring? Like what were some basic like survival things that a bike tourist could Immediate, apply? Immediate uh, self-aid buddy care. Okay. Uh, oh, being yeah. able to take care of yourself if you get something happen on the trail and you know it's really easy on a mountain bike trail to get separated from everybody. Right. Mm -hmm. And you know they do have like the Garmin Edge series has those tracking abilities where everybody can sync up right. with duo trap and then they can basically keep track of everybody so if somebody does go stationary Everybody can see it on the map. They right. can go back for them. Uh, typically, what we do is we wait ahead, and if we don't see them within two or three hours, we know that after we have our last beer, we go get them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, is there anything that you bring on the bike tour that maybe not everyone else brings, but you bring because of your training? I do. I, yeah. As a matter of fact, uh, all of the organizations <laughs> that I've done stuff with, uh, you know, some of my pilot association, we climbed to the rim of Mount St. Helens one time, 
and I climbed the mountain twice because I was the youngest guy there and I had the first aid kit. <laughs> so I was up and down the mountain checking on people, make sure, you know, we had elderly people that had weak knees, right. you know, they still wanted to do it, they had a trekking pole. Um, I always travel on my bike with a personal survival kit, something right. that has a little bit of medical, uh, something that you would consider for your personal survival kit is if you wear prescription glasses, an extra pair of glasses or contacts. Mm -hmm. uh, if you have any, if, uh, any needs like uh, diabetes medicine, uh, any type of special allergy stuff. Uh, if you're ana if you're subject to anaphylactic shock, then you have your bee sting kit. Mm -hmm. Anything that might save your life, you need to have with you when you're out there. Right. And one of the things I did is on this Trek 920, it has yeah. six bottle cage. <laughs> six. Yeah. So I've only used three. <laughs> the fourth one on the bottom has a plastic yeah. Skippy peanut butter jar nice. stuffed <laughs> with survival gear in it, and that stays yeah. down there. Yeah, yeah, that was one of the first things I noticed on that bike was was the. It even came with a red cap. So yeah. Like, yeah. The, like the one. Yeah. It looks yeah. kind of first aidish. Yeah. <laughs> no, well, it definitely is like I need help, and like here's this thing, but I'm not sure. Like when you, I mean, that's the thing though. Like as you gravel these you're out on roads that like mm -hmm. they're unmaintained like that i mean yeah. that's the appeal of them right is part of it is yeah. that they're not maintained but then that's the other the part of that is that you're gonna have really like you don't know what you're getting into it, yeah. it could be gravel that's really loose yeah. uh yeah, this time of year things dry out and things yeah. get really dusty and you just traction can be not as secure as it was earlier in the season so yeah. one of the things i bought for this trip from spokane i was going to go from spokane to missoula and i pulled out because of the weather at st regis mm -hmm. about 80 miles away and one of the things that i went for this trip was just to keep sealed in the package not i wasn't planning to use it and just but if you get lost you get turned around out in the woods and you have to stay overnight you can survive that but you might need water mm -hmm. and so life straw is a good tool to have just mm -hmm. takes up a little bit of space it'll, it'll fit in most I have the, uh, the the classic six mm -hmm. handlebar bag with the mount from uh, our lead, yeah. and it fits perfectly at the base of that. And you never have to touch it. Right. It's just yeah. there if you need <laughs> it. Right. Way. Right. And so, then you, you want to uh, have a flask of this in case yeah. you're right. to, yeah. you never know when you <laughs> might have to sanitize the wounds. Yeah. <laughs> sanitize the wounds or help help. Uh, Help pass the time. Help calm the nerves yep. a little Pain bit after medicine. after you after you've done the initial st everything stabilized. You can hang out for a little bit. Yeah, sure. So this was uh, a four-year aging. Mm. Four-year aging. Uh, okay. Four years in in the oak. Uh, the website is is my initial reading of it was it was it's a little vague and they don't want to give all, away the, the, all the nerdy yeah. details yeah. as well, far it has as so many words but, on it. It says um, Garyana finish, small batch, so it's special. Yeah, yeah. So but that, four years is like a pretty, I mean, I feel like that's... Is Garyana like a type of wood or barrel, or is that just yeah. the person that, that put it in the barrel? More research. <laughs> and was it Gary or Too was much. it Alice? Right. Right. Was it Glenn or was it Karen? <laughs> All these confusing questions sure. around bourbon. Yeah, so, but four years seems like, um, as far as new distilleries kind of having to wait, that's uh, good. I was... Yeah, I mean, I've, I've had yeah, like some, some six-year-old from, from uh, newer distilleries and not as good as this one. Like, I, I feel like, uh, you know, we've tasted a couple where it's been a little bit sour or right. something just feels off. Right. Um, so this is, I mean, for, for something that's just four years old, pretty good. That's actually one of the nice things about this this one. Um, I feel like sometimes we talk about like, a, a, it's not thin and not like light in a bad way. Mm -hmm. It's not thin at all. But there's like a nice kind of like smoothness, smoothness to it that um, is making it, um, yeah, just kind of an easy sipper today. So when you are riding and training, do you use any 
apps to track your your activity. Google Google Maps. It, yeah. it just kind of helps me find my route when it works. Yeah. And um, I don't. I actually. I went and bought a Duo Trap because this bike is Duo Trap ready. It's got the insert sleeve. Okay. Plugged it in. Then I was setting it up, and I went and downloaded uh, the Map My Ride yeah. from Under Armour. Yeah. And I was all the stuff that it needs. And and me personally, I'm a cheap guy. I have a two gigabyte plan on my <laughs> on an iPhone. Yeah. And uh, I was worried about data usage yeah. and just having to remember to turn it on and turn it off yeah. and when I don't need it and everything. And I thought, you know what? It's taking away the fun. Yeah. Uh, I want to go out and get lost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's why I take the survival kit. Right. <laughs> In case he gets lost. You don't need, you don't need Strava. You need a survival kit. You just kit. need a survival kit. Uh, yeah. No, because I, I just had been, I, I, uh, before I came over today, I was poking around on the internet, as one will do sometimes. Mm-hmm. And there was a bike snob article where he was talking about Strava and how he likes it because it's kind of like, kind of holds him accountable. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think like uh, I can maybe I could use some bike accountability every now and then. But I don't know if Strava would be. <sighs> I, I I used to be really into tracking my rides, yeah. uh, but I don't know. It's. Yeah. Well, especially training for Dirty Kanza was probably a need for that. And, yeah. But as we get older, we realize that we, we, we get ourselves out of trouble by knowing what not to get into. Right. And so that's, <laughs> I, don't, I don't look at it for a survival sense, and I don't really look at it na- next time to, uh, to measure my status as a cyclist. Sure. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, and like, I mean, for me, the social network aspect of, like, something like Strava doesn't, I feel like there's enough social media out there that to, like, have another place where I'm like liking and giving kudos to someone. It just feels like you're like, like I have too many likes today. Instagram has stolen my heart. If, if you Nobody use else. Strava or Map My Ride or any other um, type of tracking device for your apps, um, it's there's nothing wrong with that. That's if, if whatever sure. it takes to motivate you to do a good job on your ride. Yeah. Um, remember, it's always point A to point B. Yeah. Well, you're, you know, I mean, I, we are both stay-at-home parents. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've been doing it for a lot longer than I have. Uh, Only a couple years. <laughs> couple of, <laughs> and, you know, one of the things is that, like, I mean, whether it's, like, something like that, parenting, or just, like, whatever, like, you're, you have other hobbies. Sorry, people. People have other hobbies besides bikes. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> Some people like to uh, watercolor. Right. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but you, uh, you know, you have other things, and like, there's times where I have been like, like, when was like the last time I went out on like a long ride? I'm like, right. oh, I think it was like a few weeks ago. Yeah. And it was like three months ago. Yeah. Right. And it's like, oh, just stuff has happened, and life. Life. Yeah. Like you're just yeah. busy, and yeah. uh, I don't look at the. The, the hour-long, 25-mile ride anymore is a long ride. Right. Uh, it just doesn't get where I need to go. And yeah. it's, it's about the frequency, too. If you do yeah. that and then you do it another two weeks, you, you almost lose the impact of... Because I notice my legs feel worse. Yeah. And my, my cardio, uh, cardiovascular conditioning is worse. So. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I always like to blame that, though, on elevation. <laughs> when, I, when I can. When yeah. I can. <laughs> oh, this hill is... Steep. It's it's an elevation. You can do that here. Maybe not so much in uh, Minneapolis. <laughs> Most of my rides are uphill both ways. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when when McKenna was born, um, I, we ended up getting a we we bought a burly trailer on Craigslist used, yep. and I immediately took the seat out. I told you guys about this this yep. morning. I took yep. it out, put a 
a nice wooden base in there. I bolted it in, got the hardware from the hardware store because I wanted yeah. to be secure. And I mounted her car seat base in there hmm. so it would be safe. And she faced backwards, and I would take her yep. on the burley on, on places like the Springwater Trail and on bike routes in Portland. Yep. And then she elevated to the uh, WeHoo. Mm -hmm. Which allowed her to cycle, but it was we felt more comfortable than a standard ride behind because if she fell asleep, she'd fall yeah. off. Right. <laughs> and so in the WeHoo, she could be back there, and if she didn't want to pedal, she didn't have to. Right. And she was two and a half years old, going down the road, going WeHoo. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's secret parenting. Riding with your kid is like secret training. Right. <laughs> Adding thirty-five to fifty pounds. Right. Is, to, is like it's it is. Six, resistance. Yeah. 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 Especially when you throw in toys and crayons. Yeah. And, yeah. And for us, yeah. it was uh, you know snacks and water. Oh yeah. You know. Yeah, I know. Uh, you know, we we have a friend in town who uh, yeah he gets his kid around and they go out and do. Because in Montana we have really nice access, like you know, a few miles from your home, you can be sure. feeling trails. like your yeah trails. Yeah, and yeah. it's just like, you know, I feel like best shape of his life, and I'm like, <laughs> that what's his dad life doing for you? And it's like, well, I got like 30 extra pounds back there. Yeah, it's like. So. Yeah, it's kind of like wearing ankle weights, you know. <laughs> you take them off for the rest of your life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Thanks for that reminder, Russ. Sorry. <laughs> the the non-parent in the house. Right. <laughs> the, uh, what it is is it turns from a physical weight to a physical or a, a financial weight right. <laughs> later. Yeah, this is a different type of adventure biking that we're talking about yeah. right now. How many times have you said, "Don't make me pull this bike over, Mister"? Oh man. <laughs> Oh. Well, when you're on a climb and like there's just the voice in your head that is like, we should turn around. You're going slow. But you know, all of a sudden that becomes your kid. Right. Like, yeah. Dad, why are we going so slow up this hill? We're not going slow. This is uh, this is a good pace. Yeah. Well, this is good. Yeah. I re I've really enjoyed this. This is like a really nice. Uh, this is a like. I mean, I don't. I. I feel like it hits a lot of like your bourbon notes. Mm -hmm. Not not super sweet. Yeah, there's nothing that's really like hot, like jumping out at me as kind of making it. But sometimes, like once again, there's certain bourbons that you like. You don't. It's just like a nice, easy sipper. Mm -hmm. Definitely would be like a, I think a good flask mm -hmm. uh, bourbon. Yeah. Um, it doesn't kill your nice. palate either because right. every taste has been. The same kind of floral notes with the vanilla. Yep, mm -hmm. it's it's really sustained sustained through it because um, a lot of times you'll get, especially in high yeah. alcohol contests like this, you'll get that taste bud numb. Yeah, and yeah. then you don't taste anything. Yeah, I'm surprised. Like for for something this high proof, it's actually it feels fairly mellow. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. So. we've already drinking half the bottle. So I know. Yeah. what do we do? <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for coming. Uh, thanks for for being an awesome guest. Not that you, if you want to be on the show, you don't have to bring it necessarily, yep. but it helps. Yep. <laughs> and if you bring anything non-alcoholic, it always helps to bring something else to just complement it. Right. Yeah. And I know that you you, you got your do your daughter a watercolor kit after watching one of her videos. I wanted to give you guys oh, wow. an original watercolor. Yeah. So this was actually printed, scanned sure. and printed in Adventure Cycling. So you'll oh, nice. yeah. Nice. Yeah. We have a frame just for this at home. Awesome. Uh, most of our <clears throat> artwork is either personal art or art we did ourselves cool, cool. well thanks for making the journey thanks yeah. for Cheers. bringing the bourbon yeah. thanks for being on the thanks, show Tom. you're an amazing dad <laughs> i watched you this morning with Andrew. oh thank you and i'm like uh wow he's a way better dad than i was oh, wow. well on that note uh until next time keep the supple side down cheers cheers mm. clink clink
What are you One more for the road? Oh, that's perfect the timing, the battery is 